This is the Allerton Park Bird Club Podcast, where we discuss birds and birding with the birders of Illinois. Hi, I'm Evan Smith. And I'm Nate Becky. And this is the Allerton Park Bird Club Podcast. We had originally planned to be uh, broadcasting or interviewing a, a guest at the Mac McGee area, but I screwed up big time. Uh, so typical, typical Evan. I we got there. So this is actually the second time that we were, have been there in a week, right, Nate? Yes. Um, this time we are supposed to be there interviewing Colin Dobson. Can I can I say yeah, his name? Say it, yeah, we've been yeah. trying for so long. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. We're going to get Colin Dobson on here. Um, but we got there. We checked out the sites, and I go to set up our podcasting equipment, and I had left the microphones at my house. So we're now at my house recording the episode that should have been recorded at the Mac McGee uh, waterfowl area, which we'll talk about. Right, and Colin is probably birding somewhere while we're sitting in here. Um, yeah, there's good birds right now. So uh, let's go ahead and start about. I, I guess let's. You want to talk about our Mac McGee, Mac McGee trip or the Moultrie County trip? Yeah. So Sunday, I think we um, we had plans to go to Imaquan. Yeah, to make it to Imaquan, which is a two hour drive for us, and we both had. You know, times we had to be back. So we were looking at four hours in the car and like an hour, hour and a half of birding. And um, I had sent Colin a message and said, hey, give me your your best spot. We're not going to have much time. And he said, it's kind of slow at Imaquan right now. You should go to Shelbyville instead, which, is, an, which is a 35-minute drive for us. Right. And I had never been birding at Shelbyville. I know earlier this year that some people had found some American Avocets, uh, but... Yeah, so so we get there. So to get to the um, to get to the the uh, Mac McGee area where we went first, you just basically go uh, to uh, hold on one second. Take over, Nate. Well, I, so we don't have to get into the minutia of how to exact turn by turn to get there, but uh, eBird look for the Shelbyville. In, in Moultrie County, you'll find Shelbyville, and you can you can get your directions from there. But yeah, we uh, we made the trip down, and there's a observation tower, and the observation um, it's like a deck. We got there, we got set up on the deck. We knew what we were looking for from reports from the day before, and um, one of the things we wanted to see that had been reported there recently was a redneck phalanthrope, and how long did it take us to see it? I think Evan saw it first. Uh, not long. It, it, it stuck out. Uh, it was a lighter color within a few minutes. Yeah. We've, so, got, we've got two dogs on the podcast I, now. I apologize. My my daughter is out there. Two dogs, uh, Harley. and So we have I have Harley and Pepper, and my wife named our daughter Harper. So when we're mad at our dogs, you go through Harley, Pepper, Harper uh, to get through it. So sorry, Nate. Uh, I told him how to get there. Yeah, and it was, uh, I, I'd never been there. It was an absolutely amazing area. We get there, uh, I'd have to pull up our list. Um, hundreds of pelicans. Hundreds of American pelicans. American white pelicans out on the water. Uh, a lot of sandpiper species. And Mostly this is, pectoral. 
We did think that we saw Baird Sandpiper, mm-hmm. uh, Stilt Sandpipers. Um, the, There's Osprey flying over. We had um, Teals. A lot of teal. Yeah, we talked Bo- to a couple guys getting ready for the teal hunting season. Yep. Some uh, old timers. Blue. Uh, now, blue and green wheeled, wing tealed. Uh, how do you identify those, Nate? Well, I look for the, the little spots in their wings, especially when they fly. You'll get a flash of uh, blue for blue wing teal and green for the green wing teal. Don't mallards also have a blue spot yeah, on their wings? Yeah, teal smaller, though, than a mallard. Gotcha. Significantly smaller. Gotcha. Uh, so then after... So, so one of the frustrating things... I, I know for me is my inability to be able to look out and tell exactly what species of sandpipers there are just by looking at them and the behavior. And then all of a sudden you look at one for long enough and you start convincing yourself that it actually is something that it's totally not. You're like, Oh, maybe, maybe that is. And then it turns out it's just a greater yellow legs. Um, so yeah. yeah. And you, and you're doing that from three, 400 yards away. Through a spotting scope, it, it can be pretty difficult. And they're all moving. Right. Uh, so then we left the Mac McGee. I, I tried to figure out who Mac McGee was last night. I could not figure out who Mac McGee was. So I looked him up. There's a, there's a guy down in St. Louis that worked. that's a union worker. But I didn't think that the Mac it McGee water... Sound right. From Granite City. He was a Granite City... Uh, I read his obituary. Um, and I was thinking... Maybe this union laborer was a big birder and he left a bunch of money. It said nothing in his obituary about uh, birding. So, yeah, you're probably making that up. No, I'm not. His real name was something. Uh, it wasn't Mac, though. That was his nickname that everybody called him. Uh, so then we went to the, I think it was the West Ocal area on eBird. Sounds right. Uh, and this one had a little more water in it. More water meant less shorebirds. Uh, but we did, did we see anything of, we, we saw an American golden plover. That's right. Oh, wait, the other bird that I added to my list, back it up is the semi palmated plover. Uh, this was, a, that's a bird that I went there looking for and I was really happy that I found it. An ID tip for a semi palmated plover. They look a lot like killdeer, except they have one black band around their neck instead of two around their their breast area. So the killdeer is going to have two. The semi-palmated plover is going to have one. They're a little bit smaller. Um, but yeah, I was super happy to, to see that. Fast forward, we did, Nate did identify uh, the American golden plover. It was a, it was a younger one though, I believe. I don't know if it was younger or not, but it was uh, it was definitely American Golden Plover. And um, then then we had another, we watched for a long time a bird, and we went back and forth. Oh, this is something really neat. I got a picture of it. I sent it off to Colin, my uh, confirming uh, guy. And um, he said, Nate, this is the fifth time you've sent me a photo of a lesser yellow legs and thought it was something better. Yeah. Uh, I'm just joking. He didn't say that, but I've done that to Colin many times. Um, so one of the things in our areas that we have going on right now, um, we have sunflowers, uh, and, and, and a lot of people are taking pictures of these sunflowers, but these sunflowers actually serve a bigger purpose. Yeah. Uh, there are a couple fields here in our area, um, where the sunflowers are used 
um, for birdseed and specifically used as organic, um, non, you know, there's no pesticides, no GMO, uh, birdseed. So if you want birdseed that, uh, is clean all the way clean, no pesticides on it, it might come from fields around here. And the company that has these fields is called Prairie Melody Birdseed. Um, we are, we, I, I can just tease it a little bit, but we're going to be doing a birdseed sale this, uh, winter, this fall with Prairie Melody. And, um, you'll get a chance to buy that seed here soon. But if you're free this weekend over Labor Day and want to take a drive and see that field, um, where the seed will come from while it's in full bloom, uh, go to Prairie Melody's, uh, Facebook page, Prairie Melody Birdseed. And, um, they've got, uh, directions on how to get to that field. It's near Cerro Gordo, Illinois. One of the things that they had issues with, with their last field was people causing damage to the fields and the sunflowers. If you, and the, and the, the, the guy who runs these fields is an awesome guy. He's, uh, the, you know, he, he, he loves people going out, experiencing the sunflowers, seeing them in their beauty. Just be respectful of the landowners, just like any, any kind of birding, you know, um, be respectful of the landowners. Don't cause any damage. Don't, uh, you know, just, just don't be jerks. It's basically, um, you know, a good life lesson. Don't be a jerk. And, uh, yeah, just enjoy the sunflowers and, yep. uh, then um, look to buy some here in the future. My mother, we went out to that field to take pictures. So we meet her out there, and she was on top of her truck. And she brought a ladder that she wanted me to pose my children on, on top of the ladder. And I was like, I don't think that's a good idea. She's like, no, it'll be fine. And I said, I'm not going to leave my one-year-old eight feet on a ladder sitting. That's an absolutely terrible idea. So she gave me the nickname Mr. Grumpy Pants because I did not want to leave my children sitting on a ladder. But uh, So fast forward, uh, I, I'm checking eBird. You know, I'm getting, getting lists up, and I, I see that there was, in Clinton Lake, uh, little blue herons that showed up. A little blue heron is not a great blue heron. It's a little blue heron, as it sounds. Uh, they're not common in this area except during migration. I checked out their, their range map. They're found a lot during uh, in, in South Florida, uh, South America, Central America, equatorial birds. That's where they like to be. So I decided, all right, I'm going to figure out where this is. So... The there there's two checklists. And the place that they were was the upper flats of Clinton Lake, which is the is it northeast end of the lake? Mm-hmm. And that and you've been duck hunting there. Mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't know you went duck hunting, Nate. Uh, a long time ago I used to spend time before kids. When I could get up and leave the house and didn't have children to get ready for school. Pre kids, got it. Um so I decided I'm going to figure out how to get here. And they said that, you know, that you, you have to park at this S3 parking lot. So the first time I tried to find this parking lot, I had no idea where it was. Uh, it wasn't marked. So I called Nate. I'm like, Nate, I can't find this. He said, Evan, you know, it's probably an IDNR, uh, hunting access point. Um, so once again, I drove around. We, we finally located it using satellite. 
This is located right off of Sunnydale Road, and there's actually three three parking spots that are just kind of pull-offs. So if you go there, just look for uh, a little pull-off that you can park in, and there is a little sign at that parking lot that says S3. Uh, this is, to get to the lake from these parking lots is not easy. I'll just f- tell you that. That you need boots, you need pants, uh, you're going to have to walk through. You mean not shorts? Do not wear shorts. But you what need to wear pa- you pants. Yeah. Long pants. Yeah. Yeah. You Okay. What did I say? You said pants. Yeah. Of I'm course. just joking with you. I have an oh. idea. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I mean, sometimes you walk around with no pants on, right? I, I do a lot. Uh, if you, yeah. A lot of my family members uh, walk around without, not my wife. Mainly my children. Long pants, high boots. Long pants, high boots. Um, So then you just kind of make your way to the lake. When I got there, the uh, little blue herons were actually sitting right in the lily pads next to us. Um, Next to me. Uh, And it was cool because you can really get an ID. How to ID little blue herons. They're all white birds. They're not blue. They're juveniles. Um, These were totally white birds. Uh, but the one distinguishing, so there was great egrets there. There were great blue herons there. Um, and the, to distinguish them between the great blue herons or the great egrets and the little blue herons is the color of their bill. The little blue herons have a darker bill with, uh, kind of a a darker end. Uh, whereas the egrets will have a, a yellow bill and they're substantially larger. Now, this is where I got myself in trouble on eBird, which is, you know, usually I get myself in trouble on the Illinois Birding Network. That's that's where I like to cause a lot of uh, mayhem, you know, with Greg Meese. Um, so on this report, I I ID, I ID them on eBird, and I say they have dark legs. So I get a I get an email from what are those guys called? eBird reviewers. Uh, eBird reviewers. I'm not going to say their name uh, out of respect for the eBird reviewers because eBird reviewers are volunteer positions. They're not paid. They're just trying to to keep people honest. Um, and they they say that they question my my ID. I'm and sure he knew you from the Illinois Birding Network. That's probably why he and knew was- your reputation <laughs> as the. Uh, the 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 rebel birder uh, out of Pike County. Ooh, that's that 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 birder that's really mischievous. He's up to no good. Um, and he, he's like, oh, I just if you have a picture. So I just got this thing called a a digiscope. So no, it's called a phone scope. A phone scope. It, it helps you digiscope. It helps. <laughs> I have a phone scope for my spotting scope, which helps me digiscope. Uh, and I'm, I haven't gotten really used to uh, what it is, um, but anyway, I had I had a picture of it. I, I attached it because you can attach media, you can attach sounds, you can attach pictures to your photos. And he's like, "Well, I guess that is those are little blue herons, but the you'll need to remove the description of dark legs." So that got me thinking, well, they are dark legs because they're not yellow legs like the birds have. Um, but 
if there was a snowy egret, a snowy egret has black legs. So if I was identifying a egret, I would have said black legs, but I said darker or dark legs. And I think that that is actually an accurate description. My dad used to say everything is relative. And so in that description, you probably needed to say darker than a great egret. Uh, yeah. And John Becky is a very wise person. Um, I've heard a lot of John Becky theories because I used to teach with him back at the middle school. Some that I cannot say on a podcast because uh, it might get us removed from from the uh, the air. But uh, no, then, then Nate, you went out there, but you took a different route. Well, you you had told me that I might be better off if I came from the north, and uh, so that's what I did. I went to the north side of this portion of the lake, and then came south down through probably similar habitat. Uh, and into the the spatter dock is the plant that I think you refer to as lily pads. Um, really muddy and uh, kind of waded out through that stuff. And uh, I, I did. I had two little blue herons that were um, that were right there when I got there. And I got quite a bit better photos than Evan. Uh, but you you also got a Wilson snipe. I saw a Wilson snipe. Yep. Uh, tons of killdeer. Uh, some wee sandpipers. Lots and lots of great egrets and great blue herons. Um, what, so what are some ID tips for the Wilson snipe? I mean, because I, I, well, this is a bird that I've been, that's not on my life list. I would love to find a one, but I don't have one yet. Yeah, so it, Wilson snipe, if you're familiar with a woodcock, woodcock and Wilson snipe look very, very A wood similar. what, Nate? <laughs> How about a timber doodle? It's <laughs> the other name, timber doodle. A timber doodle. <laughs> or a woodcock. Um these are they're oddly shaped birds. I actually a few years ago, one of the employees at Allerton Park sent um, a text and said, "What in the heck did I just see? It looked like a pear with a really long bill, and it was moving its body but not its head." And so, um, I I knew what he was talking about, but I drew a just a sketch of a pair went and put a long bill on it and send it to him. And he said, yes, that's it. <laughs> but he was talking about a woodcock. And so they, these are kind of funny pear shaped birds um, with a really long bill. They're, they're browns and, and blacks, but um, woodcock have um, stripes that are, would be um, perpendicular to their bill on the, on their head. And Wilson snipes have stripes that are parallel to their bill on their head is, is one good, good way. Also, woodcock you're going to see in the woods or in the timber for timber doodle. And um, Wilson snipe are usually out on these mud flats. Are there, um, is there a good space uh, place in Allerton to find uh, woodcocks or timber doodles? Uh, in the spring, any, any young forest you can jump these guys out of the, you know, and you just walk through and um, you'll surprise them and they'll, they'll surprise you, at, you know, more often you'll see them get up and fly away. Yeah. Uh, so uh, another big thing happening this weekend is we, we had a weather system move in. Uh, that weather system is a, once I guess it's a cold front that moved in last night from uh, Saskatchewan. It's a Saskatchewan, not the Sasquatch. If you haven't seen the Sasquatch, Go on the backside of Allerton, and uh, there is a Sasquatch in the field all the time um, out there. 
so you can look at look at him. He's a, a wood cutout. <laughs> if you move fast enough, it looks real. Okay. Um, so, but it was also a big migration for uh, passerines. Now, I had to look this up. Passerines does not mean birds that are passing. What's it mean? It's actually the I, I don't know if it would be the f- f- class or family, uh, but it's kingdom phylum order or kingdom phylum order class genus species. Sounds right. Family. You family. Mean family. Kingdom phylum. Family kingdom. is a bug genus. I used to know this. I think your dad yeah. taught me this. It doesn't matter. It's the. Yeah. It's a. It's not the species. It's not the genus. It's genus. not the family. It's above that class. The class of passerines. If we're wrong and you're listening to us, please let us know. Uh, but passerines are perching birds. Okay. So your warblers uh, are are coming into the area. Um, lots lots of birds. Uh, so we also saw a few. Uh, when we were in Shelbyville, we saw some passerines just the other day. We saw a gold-winged warbler. Well, you didn't see it. I did not. Thanks, Nate. I did not get to see that bird because I did not have my binoculars with me. They were back in the car. Uh, <laughs> I, did. <laughs> I, I have to laugh at this because I saw Colin's <laughs> post and one. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I, I saw Colin's post and, uh, and he's, there was a blue racer that was chasing a, a, a blue racer is a snake. Yeah. Yeah. And it came out of the woods chasing a frog and he, he said he was thankful that it wasn't chasing him. Um, and I just got a kick out of that. It made me laugh that I'm glad that it wasn't chasing you also. Uh, well, we also had a, there was also an interesting couple there that I think Evan was caught up talking to this couple that were deciding if um why well, they were deciding <laughs> uh if they needed a if if the gentleman needed to keep his shirt on while they went into the woods or not i don't know it was it was uh colin and i had binoculars and we're looking at birds and evan was caught up in a, a <laughs> I, I believe there was a romantic tryst occurring in the woods behind us while we were birding um so you know this is what's great about birding is you're out in the woods uh, you never know what you're going to find. I'm glad the blue racer wasn't chasing you, Colin. Uh, but then what other, what other ones did you see? And also, here's another thing that was, that was really cool was actually witnessing Colin pishing. Yeah. Um, wh- what is pishing, Nate? It's, it's like, it's a sound that birders will make to imitate kind of, uh, some of the little noises that birds make. And, um, I, th- I think it makes small birds comfortable and they'll kind of come in to, you know, there's other to, to find company. Yeah. That's how I understand it. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, other warblers that showed up, we had an oven bird, which is a, a type of warbler. Yeah. Oven bird, magnolia warbler, golden winged warbler, babe, babe breasted warbler, babe breasted warbler. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this is a really good time right now. If you're looking to go, uh, to go birding, go out to Allerton. Um, and there's some really good trails. Uh, the what trails would be good for for I mean any of them. Yeah, I think this time of year you get bet your best looks if you're on an edge. So uh, the the Shroth Interpretive Trail on the south side or anywhere on the north side that has where you can get out and 
and be in an open area looking onto the edge of a forest that kind of gives you a good because the fall is hard with all the leaves on the trees it makes it hard to look up through all of that to see a bird right so you you need uh to be able to pish um it was here you don't my, have to pish but it, no. it does work it does and it was it, here's my pishing so sounds uh, good thanks uh, i think i was learning from colin the other day because that's honestly the first time i'd ever been in i've ever heard somebody do it yeah so um it was it was really interesting um all right. Well, so next week I think we're gonna we're gonna be in Decatur doing an interview there with uh, a professor from Milliken. Sorry, that was my phone. A professor from Milliken. Um, if you have a chance, you know the other. If you have kayaks, one of the really good places to go birding is in that is in that uh, Upper Lakes Flat. You can actually put in at the Parnell Access. There's no boats allowed there. Um, I mean, no no electric motors. So if you have kayaks, it would be an awesome, awesome place to go kayaking. If you're looking for something to do this Labor Day weekend, get out there and... Uh, Might be careful. I think teal season opens this weekend. Oh, does it? Mm-hmm. Okay. I did see some hunters out there. And they when I was out there, they didn't see me. And they were out in their camouflage with their dog. And then all of a sudden, I think they noticed me staring at them through my spotting scope. That can be awkward. I got out of there fast. And that's when I tried to take a shortcut through a standing cornfield. And uh, that was also, once again, a terrible idea. Don't, don't. It didn't look as big as it was. Um, <laughs> it didn't look as big as it was when I went into the cornfield. That, I, well, I mean, that was another thing my dad <laughs> told me as a kid. Never go into standing corn <laughs> because you won't find your way out. I d- <laughs> and you'll piss off the farmer. I, 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 well, this was public... It, Okay. Anyways, that about wraps it up today for the Allerton Park Bird Club podcast. Uh, hopefully you guys get out there and do some birding this week. I'm Evan Smith. And I'm Nate Becky. And this is the Allerton Park Bird Club podcast. If time is a test, we all should stay in mind. I must confess, I never could see why.